0: Welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 192, for Saturday the 14th of March 2020. Coming up this week, I revived an age-old skill this week by using ISBN numbers that I bought on Nielsen's website. I've just received my first paycheck for my military sci-fi books, and I've been booking in editing work with my fiction dates now fixed for the latter part of this year. Welcome to this week's diary. As far as editing is concerned, so many lies is up to chapter 39, or it will be by close of play today. I've been progressing that book at the rate of three chapters per evening, a very, very light load for editing. And I will finish that book next week. But I tend to do my editing in the evenings. I should probably do it in the morning, but I do it in the evenings because I kind of want to start racing at the day, I guess, with jobs that I can chew through. And I tend to save the editing until the evening. And I guess I should read that Brian Tracy book about eating that frog, shouldn't I? But either way, it suits me in the evenings. Um, So three chapters is fine in the evenings. It, It takes me no more than an hour to go through that. And of course, So Many Lies has been edited once. I'm really only re-editing it. So there's not an awful lot to do in that book. And I was quite happy to just plod it rather than make myself go through six or seven chapters in a night. I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll pace it over more weeks and just do three chapters per night. So I'm due to finish that book next Friday and then it will all get bundled up and relisted on Amazon. But the most important part of that editing process is that it goes off to Sarah Hardy, who will distribute it to the people who are going to do the blog tour in April. So it'll be nice to get that book out of the way. And I will then no longer be editing. I say no longer be editing. There's always a bit of editing to be doing, but I won't be working through any of my old books at that point. I've also been editing this week my podcast book. So this is now my second read. I've had uh, you, people who volunteered to look at the book, I'm going through all of your notes and I, I've tried to factor in as many of those points as possible, or certainly points that I feel that need to be reflected in the book. I'm going to finish that book tomorrow. That will be my final read. And then it's going to go off to... Julie Stock for a proofread. Now, don't get confused with your Julies here. I'll tell you about Julie cordoner who's doing some more editing work for me shortly. Uh, but I hadn't intended to get this book uh, edited. And I have to say, I'm still not entirely sure that I should, but I'm going to, just because um, speculatively last week, Julie Stock mentioned that uh, she'd, she'd been reading the book anyway. And I had noticed that she'd been all over it, kind of doing an edit on it already, to be honest with you, which was very much appreciated. And Judy just uh, mentioned that she did proofreading and and sort of made me an offer there and then. And I just thought, oh, what the heck? Let's just put it through and and get it proofread. But what I I had intended to do is it's had a lot of eyes all over it already. So a lot of um, you have already found most of the spelling mistakes, but also I've got Grammarly, which is doing a pretty good job of it as well. And I don't feel, when I'm doing fiction, I don't feel the same pressure as I do with non-fiction, So I just think, you know, fiction's different and fiction's more my voice rather than having to follow certain styles. I think you can just, I say you can get away with more in fiction. I don't mean that you could be sloppy in any way, but I just think that the whole fiction thing is a lot easier. So, and also because you're in passing information, I think it's different too. I've got bullet points and lists and all sorts of things in there. So anyhow, um, it is going to have a proofread now. Uh, Judy Stock's going to give me a proofread. So I need to get my work done on that book by, when is it? Uh, Oh, it's this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, I need to get my book, uh, my work done on that by this weekend. And then Judy's going to have it. So my drawbridge goes up well really at close of play on Saturday so if you're listening to this now and you'd intended to um, have a look at that but you can still have a look at it but I won't be accepting any changes after close of play on Saturday because I'm sending that over to Julie on Sunday and then she'll have it proofread for me and it'll be ready to put up online as well I also need to pass on the details of the spine width and I'll get the spine width this weekend because I'm going to move it out of Google Drive on the, on the Sunday, probably on Sunday the 15th into a Word document. Julie will get the Word document to, to proofread, but I will also bring that Word document into vellum because Julie's not going to, she's not doing an, an edit on it. So we're not going to be adding bits or, or moving bits. She's literally just reading it through to make sure I haven't made any mess ups. And I, so I will, I will know the size of the book at that stage. And I will then be able to give Sean Stevens, who's doing the cover, Sean will then be able to get the spine width and will be able to give me the final paperback cover. And that should all be ready then uh, for me to upload. It all needs to go on Thursday, the 26th of March. That's when the final edition has to be submitted. And it's released on Monday, the 30th of March. And that will be my first non non-fiction book of the year done. So, um, so you don't get confused with your duties. Julie Stock does proofreading. Um, Julie Cordoner uh, edits my, my fiction books. And I've just booked Julie Cordoner in to do the two Shallow Falls uh, trilogy edits. So, as you know, I got the rights back to Now You See Her from uh, Adam and I'm going to now write books two and three in that trilogy. I didn't, um, although the story wound up, I left lots of threads open. So I'm going to turn that into another trilogy. That's a course of least resistance for me this year. And I booked Julian to get those edits done. Now, then those edits aren't going to be getting done. I think the first one is something like, um, is it October? It, it, it's way off. It's absolutely way off for the edits on there. And I, I've given myself a lot of uh, comfortable time um, to do that writing but Julie's given me her editing timescales. And um, I do actually have release dates for those books. So I have actually worked all of this out. I know, I know when the books are going to get released and the dates that I then gave to Julie Corden reflect the release dates for those books. So um, I can tell you, I'm just looking at my, I should have had this ready for you again. So how many times do I say this, that I should have had this information ready for you? But I am going to do them on the 28 day release cycle. So now you see her will be re-released Probably as a new version, it will be. uh, I'm not sure about that yet, but and it'll have a blog tour behind it as well uh, on the fifth of October. So that's now you see her. That's when that will be re-released, and it it might get a new title. Um, if I reversion it just so I could re release the whole thing. So, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but it might get a new title, that book, just so I could completely burn it to the ground and start from, from fresh again. It's got a lot of good reviews on it, so that makes me not want to change the title. So, again, I'll, I'll think that through about the, the pros and the cons. 28 days later, so I am doing my sort of preferred rapid release cycle, which is 28 days, which I think works well. I'm going to then release book two. So that will get released on the 2nd of November. And then 28 days later, which must be something like, I don't know, December or something. I'm not quite sure what it is. Um, I will then release book three. And then probably, I think off the top of my head, it's either going to be the end of December or January 2021. I will release the box set and then I will start pushing it for book book promos, just like I am currently doing with Left for Dead. So again, you know, strategically, you know that I like to write in trilogies. I find it easy to sell trilogies. Um, I know how to market them. I feel like I've got a reasonable level of competence marketing trilogies. Uh, and I and I know that I can make, certainly I can get if I can get three or four book bubs, I know I can squeeze a reasonable amount of income out of a trilogy as well. So that is my preferred way of doing business. Now, I was going to write before we go to Spain. And again, for obvious reasons there's a big question mark over that now I'm not quite sure how the world's going to look by the time we go to Spain so you know we will assume that we're still going to Spain um in 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 November and all my plans will work around that if we don't go to Spain it's fine I'll just do whatever I was going to do in Spain at home um you know everything will just pivot around it um, but my my plan was to write 3 more more Bay trilogy books. So another another trilogy, but that follows on from the last trilogy. So I, I create a series of trilogies. Um, I do want to write in series, but I don't want to write in an ongoing series. I'd, I'd rather write in, in trilogies because I find them easy to sell. Uh, so I get the benefits of a series and I get the benefits of of, of a trilogy as well. So that's going to be my plan with more Bay trilogy. But I decided that I would the course of least resistance was to finish the Now You See Her trilogy or the Shadow Falls trilogies, I'm calling it now. Uh, finish the Shadow Falls trilogy before we go to Spain and then write the next Morecambe Bay trilogy while we're in Spain. And, and that, um, and it'll either be the Morecambe Bay trilogy or potentially it could be. The next trilogy in the military sci-fi series as well and i 'll talk to you about that in a moment when I tell you about the the income that's come off that from this month so um, that's me kind of fixed my plans in for this year um, but also i've this has been my first week away from salaried work and I, I have to say um, if I look at, if you look at my sheet this week, the number of things that I've got done this week I mean there's just a great long list of things that I've got done. Uh, Many of them are, are, are around children and student finance and things like that. So they're not all to do with writing, they're to do with real life as well. But I've just got so many things done this week and I've been able to look at things this week that I've just been so busy I haven't prioritised them over the past year, so th- this week, you know, I've I've been looking at MailerLite. I'll tell you more about that later. I've been looking at my websites. I've just got loads of stuff done uh, this week because I've just got so much more time. I've really enjoyed it, it has made me rethink some of my non-fiction plans. So let me just tell you a little bit more about that. Um, I told you that my non-fiction book on podcasting, how to start a podcast. I told you that to keep it future-proof. I've tried to, or I've put as few URLs or web links in that book as possible, and I've tried to keep it as, you know, as timeless as possible. There's no how-to information. There's no pictures of interfaces that are going to change in five minutes' time. It, it's going to stay as timeless as I can possibly make it. But with that said, clearly, with a geeky book, I need to be. I'm recommending. Uh, you know, softwares and services. And so rather than put the web links in the book, what I've done is I've just referred throughout to a new website that I've just created called starterpodcast.com. And if you want to go and look at that now, you can. I did that work this week and, and last weekend. So starterpodcast.com is the website that accompanies that book. So there is only one URL that I give out in the book. And what that then means is, if I need to change anything, if something new comes in, I can just adapt the website. It'll only take me a few minutes to do the website. I don't have to republish the book every time. This is part of my strategy for trying to future-proof what I am doing uh, with my non-fiction books. I want to get back to non-fiction, but I don't want to be updating my non-fiction all the time. So go and have a look at starterpodcast.com. Now, what you will see when you go to that page is I is a little minor geekery here. Well, I, I realized the best way to do this is I have um, got a domain name called stuffmadesimple.net. And I had that domain name ages ago, and it's what I used to use for my nonfiction books. So I've bought the domain name starterpodcast.com. But when you go to that domain name, it will redirect to a special landing page on stuffmadesimple.net. And it takes you to the page of links. Now, the reason I did that is that because I'm going to be doing exactly the same thing with how to create and sell digital products. And I'll tell you about the third book, which I think I'm going to write later on this year too. And I'll also tell you about my other nonfiction books uh, that I might be revamping as well this year in a moment or two. I basically decided that it made more sense for me to, re, uh, to save me using up all my storage space on site ground. I decided to make one... Uh, WordPress site which is at stuffmadesimple.net and I decided to create these landing pages for all the links they're all exactly the same style I could just really quickly bang them out now for each book I've got a style of format that works for me and uh I Basically, I've bought nice, neat domain names. So for instance, I've already had um, wordpressunbox.com because wordpressunbox.com is the name of my existing nonfiction book. So I've just redirected those to pages um, on stuffmadesimple.net. So the easiest way to get your head around that is simply type in -er start-podcast.com into your browser and then see what happens. That will get redirected to stuffmadesimple.net. Now, why... Why have I done it this way too? Because there's another advantage to me not just putting the links in my books. So on starterpodcast.com and any subsequent links pages I create, each of those pages has a Facebook tracking code on it, which means that I can track anybody who visits that page. And then I can send Facebook adverts to them, either selling my book or selling um, podcast related products maybe affiliate products. It also has Google tracking code on so that I could retarget them through the Google advertising network. It also allows me to put affiliate links on for the products which I use and that I'm a member of affiliate programs with so that I can use those links to generate an income. You're not supposed to use affiliate links in your Amazon book, so it releases me from that. Of course, I've already told you that I can update that page easily around any kind of technical changes that are there. But also, You know, I don't expect this book. I expect this book to just flop out. And to me, um, it's not going to have a big launch. I won't have any great big launch on it. To me, it's what's called an evergreen seller. So that book works on a keyword basis. So if somebody goes to, um, Amazon, they're thinking of starting a podcast, they put start a podcast into Amazon. My book's keyworded for start a podcast. Hopefully my book pops up. And then obviously it's in one of the books that they might then go on to buy. So. This is a keywording and evergreen exercise. I will also, of course, use Amazon adverts because I find Amazon ads, I can make Amazon ads work on nonfiction. I just struggle with it with fiction. So um, I can easily update that page. It's easier to market because it's based around, um, you know, it's based around keywords. Uh, But also, if I find that that book uh, does well and it gets a nice little audience, it's got some steady traffic on it, I could also, if I decided in future, because I've got that web page and it's easy to do, I could just add a promo to a paid-for course or extra coaching if I wanted to, if I ever decided to do that. So basically, it means I own the kind of real estate, the promo real estate for that book. I don't have to stick to Amazon's terms and conditions within the book itself. And everything in that book drives people to just one site, the site that i own, which means, oh, and also, by the way, I'm collecting email addresses on that page as well. So I, I, I'm also trying to get you into my email address. So it just means that I can, um, you know, with one single web address, um, I could do many, many things from a marketing point of view. So that's why I've used that strategy with my nonfiction books. And I just want to be a bit more clever, a bit more strategic with it now. And so as I was doing that, as I was doing that sales page, I use a plugin in WordPress that simply allows me to clone it. So I've cloned that that page, that links page that you'll see. I've cloned it about five times and I've got lots of pages sitting in the background for future non-fiction projects that I intend to do. And each of those will have Facebook tracking code, Google tracking code, affiliate links, you know, all of those things. So as I was doing this, I was thinking, you know, I really need to Now I've got more time to do all these things. It was just, it was reminding me, it took me back to what I was doing before I was in salaried work. Because before I was in salaried work, you know, I could work at this stuff all day. I could do all these projects. And then I've really only been squeezed on them since I've had to go and do salaried work. And I just realized this week, because, you know, I've seen, I've done client work this week. Interestingly, by the way, I've been switching all my client work to Zoom. So I'm not having to go out to see people. I still have one or two people that I need to go to see individually, but I'm making the strategic move now to move all my clients onto Zoom bearing in mind what's happening in the world around us so that I can continue to see clients uh, you know without them coming to see me or without me going to see them and actually it gives a better value because as I'm talking to them I'm recording it on zoom and I'm just sending them the the video so they even get a how-to video as a result of that client work so that's, that's just a, a by the by but I've also I've also been doing client work I've been for a couple of runs this week uh, we went to see the invisible man at the cinema you know and I've done loads of stuff in between and it's just it's taken me back to that place where I was before Sarid work. worked the and yeah, this is why I had all these projects at the boil because I had the time to do them and I can see that I'm going to have the time to do them again as well as getting this, this these writing projects I've already told you about done. So it's given me a little bit of an appetite to come back to my non-fiction. Non-fiction so easy to pick up and put down. I, I, I find non-fiction so much easier in many respects. You know, I should probably, should probably just do non-fiction, really, shouldn't I? But anyhow, I can chug non-fiction alongside my fiction. thing is, is they don't make films about non-fiction. I want films and TV series and things. You know, that's part of that creative process, isn't it? So I'm going to continue to do fiction. Of course I am. But it makes me very happy that I could also resurrect my non-fiction alongside that. So in terms of non-fiction... I've told you for, you know, for weeks and weeks that although it, it never sells, you know, in huge quantities, my MailChimp book uh, just sells. It just sells and I don't do anything to, 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 market it. And because it's a book that sells at £10 a time, there's good margin in it as well. You know, I make a, I make a bit of profit on it as well because you can sell nonfiction books for more money. And I did do a very quick refresh of my WordPress and MailChimp books a little while ago. Very quick refresh, which was basically to put a page in. And the WordPress book was just literally a page about how to mitigate the changes with this new, um, editor that they've got. This new, uh, I forgot what they call it now. They've got the classic editor and the block editor, um, that they've put in, uh, into WordPress. So I just did a single page on that. And I did a single page in MailChimp just to explain that, uh, that, that MailChimp have changed the, the packages that they offer with the free, with the free option now and that actually if you dig into the sections it still looks exactly the same as in my book just some of the menus have changed like i just did that really as a as a stopgap but because those books sell that they're not kind of they're not done in a way that makes it brilliant for me to update because they're word documents with images in them but i just thought to myself while i'm resurrected all this nonfiction. fiction I could very easily, probably with a day's work, to be honest with you, it's only a day's work. I could probably, a, a day's work on each of those books, uh, WordPress Unboxed and MailChimp unboxed. I thought I could probably have those updated again and start, you know, quite, uh, not aggr- aggressively is not a word I like to use, but, you know, quite assertively trying to, to flog them again with more confidence, basically, because they're updated. But also because I've now got this strategy for having these uh, links pages, I could adapt them so that I'm only referring people to the one website at, at the end of the book or during the book for all the resources and that in turn will future-proof the book more so I am going to do that I'm going to refresh the MailChimp book I'm going to refresh the WordPress book and while I was thinking about it I know I know some of you have said to me I wish you'd write a MailerLite book you know to do what you've done with the MailChimp one uh, with all the kind of you know email marketing principles and to adapt it for MailerLite and I just thought you know all I've got to do is a save as on on the MailChimp book. And so I save all the bits about principles and techniques and things like that that would apply to both books. And then all I've got to then do is insert how to do the Mailerite bits, the, the automations and how to use automations in a clever way and onboarding and things like that. And I thought, you know, I, th- I think I might as well do this because I, I then get a really, very quickly, I get a really good sort of nonfiction presence because that will give me, start a podcast, it'll create be create digital products, it'll be WordPress, it'll be um, email marketing. So I've bought the domain name, uh, email unboxed and when you if you go and look at that now emailunboxed.com, you can see all of these now uh, they're only holding pages so I'm, I, I'm not advertising this I'm only telling you this because you're listeners to the podcast and you and you could look at those pages while they're unfinished and you'll understand that they're unfinished but if you go to emailunboxed.com, you will see that what I've done there is just on a simple page where there are two buttons one of those buttons is to MailChimp unboxed and the other button is to MailerLite unboxed, a book that has yet to be written. Um, so I've got email unboxed, which takes you to two pages. I've got WordPress unboxed, which will eventually take you to the sort of revamped resources around my WordPress book. I've got create digital products.com. Uh, I've done, what's the other one? Uh, starter podcast.com. And is that it? is that all of them? And then I, and I have one more to add to that, which I'll t- tell you about in a moment or two. So, um, out of thin air this week I've resurrected my nonfiction, and I just thought right I want to beef up that author name now I've got the time to do it I want to beef up that author name now I don't have plans to go beyond that so my plans are to do three new evergreen non-fiction books this year I'll do the I'll revamp the WordPress the MailChimp book and the MailerLite won't take me very long to do It'll be a how-to with, with images. And I understand that the WordPress and the MailerLite and the, mail are lighter, the MailChimp books, I understand that they will probably date at some point. But I do feel that number one, they sell. And number two, they're pretty easy for me up to update. Now I've got more time. Now I've, I can prioritize them. Um, and, and they sell so easily that I might as well. I could squeeze another year's income out of those books. And then that in turn at the end of the year will give me a rack of six nonfiction books, which is pretty impressive. So all of my author names will look pretty impressive by then. So I think that's what I'm going to do. I you know, I just again I just really got in the swing of it this week and thought, wow, you know, I can see I could do all these things and I've still got time to do these extra things. Um and I and I enjoy it so much. I'm happy pretty well to be working all the time. I don't view it as work. It's it's a very active hobby for me. So I'm just going to get on with it. Um, and so the other thing I also thought this week is that that third book in the in, in quarter three of this year, the third nonfiction book, I think I'm going to write a book about self-publishing or or, or writing. And I know a couple of you have, have mentioned this to me in, in, when you've sent me emails and mentioned ideas. So I quite like to write a book about self-publishing, and again, I want it to be timeless and evergreen. But I kind of I feel like I've 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 basically I've had enough success at this now to be earning more money than a traditional, the average traditional author, and and I reckon if I write a book that explains all the techniques and the things I've learned that told explains how to get there, that that's a pretty useful book for most people who who aren't there yet who are just starting out, because although we all aspire to be multimillionaires from our writing, as those of you who've been at this for some time know. Sometimes lightning strikes, and, uh, and and you do get that with the first book, but most of the time it doesn't. And I just felt that that's probably going to be quite a useful book to write. To say, well, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you how to be, become a multi You'll have to go to other people for that. But I will tell you how, as an independent author, you can make more money per month than the average traditional author. That's a, quite a compelling. That feels like quite a compelling prospect. Uh, to me, because that would make most people extremely happy. I mean, we're we're out-earning what most people would aspire to, which is to be a traditional author. So I'm just mulling that one over, but I, I was thinking, you know, there's so much I can say about about publishing and writing now, and really just to share the way I do it, not not to set myself up. What, what I've been always uneasy about is I don't want to set myself up as an expert in any way, you know, the guy who knows it all. Um, I, 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 I'm I happy to share my experience, but I don't want to come over as the guy who knows it all, because clearly I don't, and clearly I'm, I'm fumbling my way through the dark with a lot of this stuff but I, I can with quite a lot of confidence say look this is the route I took to get to a state where I'm now paying myself a monthly salary from my writing and I'm now earning more than the traditional indie author that feels like quite a compelling thing to do and it won't be a preachy book it will just be a how this is what I did and this is what I learned this is how I've done it rather than a you know do as I do because I'm right, I don't want it to come over that way, because I've got no remit to do that, that's why I'm a little bit self-conscious about it, so anyhow that's non-fiction, and non-fiction will just get squeezed in, uh, it won't sort of get scheduled, it just gets squeezed in, into the sort of the days, so um, and like I say I got, I got it kind of got deja vu this week, because I thought yeah I remember what it was like, before I did those three days salaried work, I had time to do all of this, I had time and energy to do all these things, so I've thoroughly enjoyed this first week, uh, it's been great fun, so um, Still on the subject of nonfiction, I just wanted to let you know that I start writing How to Create and Sell Digital Products on Sunday, the 29th of March. So in two weeks time, I will start to write that book. I think I'm going to start to plan it on Sunday. So no sooner is one off, you know, to Julie Stock to get it proofread. I'll start planning in detail now the next one. So I've done the main headings. I've got the 12 chapter headings. I'm now going to start the planning for me is to do the subheadings. And then that means that when I have writing days, I just write, write, write to the subheadings. I just find nonfiction so much easier because it's literally just a brain dump in between the the subheadings. And then we tidy it up to make sure it reads well and I haven't gone off on one or, you know, gone off, gone off at tangents or been unclear. So what I wanted to say to you is if you would like to be one of the early readers of that book, if you want to have access to the Google Drive document so that you can review that book and read it, um, as we go along and add your comments to it, uh, then would you please drop me an email at paul at paulteague.com? That's paul at paulteague.com. And just let me know if you would like me to add you into the creating uh, creating and selling digital products book. Now, obviously, that book gets written usually about five thousand words at a time. When you have access to the Google Drive document, it just means you can go in there, you can read it as I'm as I'm writing it, and you can just add your comments and tell me what's not clear or if you feel I haven't said something that you would like to know, all that sort of stuff. And it's it's worked really well there um, with the podcasting book. And I just want to say that again, if you've done that with the podcasting book, it's just been really good. And, and, and also, just to say that you know clearly clearly I'm the author of my own book so sometimes if you've made a comment um, I won't have acted on it I have to be honest with you I've acted on it must be 90% of it I've acted on but sometimes if you've made a comment um, you know I might have ignored it or I might have absorbed it in a different way I have looked at everything and taken account of it but there's only a handful of things where I've thought I'm not going to change it I'm going to leave it as it is or or you know this is my decision as the, of the author, as the author of the book. This is the way I want to do it. So, it, you know, it's a bit like, um, with the two years after book, you know, with the ending, I know the ending was controversial, but I said, you know, it's my book. Uh, I, I, this is that, that's how the book's ending. I'm sticking my neck out and I want it to be this way. So, you know, ultimately I have to be, I have to have my hand on the tiller of my own ship. So, but I have, I would say I've, I've, You know, it might even be as high as 95%. There's only a couple of things that I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. So I found it a tremendously useful process. And I'm very grateful to you if you've done that with the podcasting book. I'm also pleased to say that I think, you know, the people who've read it and fed back to me have said they found it really interesting from a learning point of view. They've learned a ton of stuff from it. You know, so clearly, um, you know, it swings both ways this. So if you, if you think you might like to know about creating and selling digital products, um, and there's all sorts of tips in there. There'll I mean, be all sorts of marketing tips in there. I mean, what I would say to you is if you want to learn how to set up and sell your own books so you can sell directly, that's one of the things that will be covered in this, in this, uh, in this book. I'll be talking about that and how I do it and all the things you've got to consider. And there'll be quite a lot of sales technique stuff in there as well. So if that interests you, drop me a line, Paul at com. At the moment, I'll be adding you to an empty document. <laughs> uh, but when I start writing on the 29th of March, you'll be able to just pop in there anytime you want and you'll be able to take a look at that and uh, you know see what's going on. Now I have diverted from my notes. So I'm probably gonna get confused at some point here. Let's move on to my general news. Um, that kind of merged my editing news with my other news. And um, I want to talk to you about my military sci-fi because I, I actually, I, I get a bit, bit mixed up sometimes with the payment cycles on Amazon. But I got a nice Slack message from uh, James this week, um James Evans, who said, oh, um, I owe you some money for this month. Thought, oh, that's very nice. I'd forgotten all about that. I didn't, wasn't expecting it till next month. And I got the first money this month. And the money was for, because it covered Oh, I, I, I get so out of sync with the payment dates, but I think it, it must have been December, mustn't it? Because we released books one and two in December. So it must have been from December 2019. Um, and I, I was getting income on books one and two. Now, uh, you know, again, clearly this is confidential uh, information. John and James, I, I'm not going to share information that's private to, to John and James. Uh, but let me tell you that uh it was a very pleasant surprise. It was, you know, I I'm, I'm very happy to have it. Uh it's it's money that will buy something good. It's good money. It was worth having. It wasn't like, oh whatever, you know, it's another tenner. It was it was we were in the hundreds, uh, let's put it that way. So um now remember, this is from just books one and two. So we've got books three and uh I think they're just about to do the box set, actually. Yeah, they're just about to do the box set, I think. So um that was nice to have because I'd for, I didn't realise it was coming in. I'd forgotten all about it, um, and and also under the contract with John and James, um, I think it's a pretty good contract. I have to say I'm very happy with it from a payment point of view because under the contract with John and James, I don't pay for the edits, I don't pay for the covers, and in terms of our income, we take the ad, the advertising costs off, which obviously they they do the advertising, advertising costs come off. And then I take 60% of, of the net profit. They get 40, I take 60. So I take the lion's share of the profits as well. So, um, you know, that's good. I was happy with that. I got a reasonable amount. Uh, let's put it this way. It was a little bit short of what I got for those books. It was a little bit short of what my wife used to get when she was working part-time term time. So that, you know, it was worth having. It was a, it was a, an amount that was worth having that's <laughs> i don't want to share the the the, the information so I, I was pleased with it especially as i hadn't thought it was coming in so i know that um was it it was john so yeah john this week uh, shared the the box set cover. They've got a lovely box set cover made now. So the box sets are coming out as well. And I know that they're going to be going for a book bub now that all the, all the parts are out. So we're hoping for a book bub at some point on that book. So from now on, I will start to take a monthly income from my sci-fi, military sci-fi books. So, you know, that's nice. And it bears out what I was saying to you last week, that I said to you that I've got all these pockets of money now and none of them are huge you know no, none of them's going to make me a millionaire by the end of the week you know then they're, they're not some of them are, are really quite small but well they are really small you know they're, they're not a lot of money but when you put them together and, and because they're sort of coming in month in a month out they are worth having now and it's been really interesting to me with with this extra money from john and james this month as well as the other income i've got I, you know it's it really sort of feels for the first time like um, I think I've said to you on many, many occasions it always feels like I'm pushing against a closed door and it's feeling less like that nowadays now you know clearly this is not money that's going to make me you know wealthy I won't be driving up in a Ferrari anytime soon but at a small level you know a small business building level where we're just trying to get something going it is quite gratifying to feel now that um, you know I, I let me Let me put it this way. You know, I'm always a bit reluctant to share the numbers, um, but let me put it this way. For a long time now, I have been, it's over two years now, and this has caught up with me and I didn't realise it. For a long time now, I could be very confident, even in a month where I'm not doing any promotion, that I will make at least 500 pounds in a month. Um, at least 500 pounds in a month i can be very confident of that now and when i but when i look back at my income for the last couple of years i haven't i've earned more than that for every month in a row for a long long time now so again i don't want to talk specific figures but i do want to try and give you a ballpark sort of indication of that so that gives you a, a sort of idea of the number's it's not going to make anybody rich uh but it, it but it, it is bringing in reliably now and i think it's that reliably that's the key word that that sort of feeling that I always sort of felt for so long that I was struggling, and that if, if I was going to get any money in, I would have to pay for promotions and things like that. But it does feel like, in a very small way, we're running under our own steam now, um, in a very small way, and, and, and that feels good. You know, it's nice because it didn't feel like that for so long, a really long time, and and I attribute that really to the fact that I've got so many books out there now and it really feeds into what I was telling you about the non-fiction that you know why not because I can make three non-fiction books virtually out of thin air very quickly well why not do that if it gives me another three income sources if they only bring in 20 quid a month each that's 60 quid a month that's 600 quid a year um, you know 700 quid a year uh, and you add that to other little pockets of money and it all adds up and so that's kind of where I am with things at the moment. So we're way, 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 way off Ferraris, you know, Netflix deals and that sort of thing. But in a small way, it, it is quite gratifying that it's doing that now. I actually have gone on to list my new nonfiction book on Amazon. So uh, How to Create and Sell Digital Products is now listed on Amazon. And I've listed it with one of Paul's dodgy Canva covers. You know, it's a terrible cover, but I don't care because all I want, no one's going to buy that book. At the moment, you know, it's just listed there on a pre-order and I've listed it for a pre-release date of Monday, the 27th of July. But why I wanted to list it was I want to be able to put the link into the podcast book. So I want to be able to drive sales from the podcast book you know, that, tr- that web traffic to the next book. So I thought, right, that's fine. I know when that book's going to be written. It's nonfiction. I never worry about nonfiction. Cause I know that book's going to get written. I just, it's just got a massive brain dump uh from my head. So I'm not worried about that book getting written. It will get written on time, uh, you know, g- viruses uh, permitting, uh, but uh, there's never been a better job to have a c- coronavirus. That? I mean, being a writer, once you've gone through the nasty bits of it, if you get that far, at least you can sit and, 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 and write while you're you're in quarantine, so you know there are worse jobs to have at this time. Um, you know, I, I would, I would write, I would write. I was saying to my mum today, you know, the only difference between me having it and not having it, I'd still be sat here uh, typing away. The only difference would be I might have coronavirus rather than not having it as I normally do, but I'll still be typing away, um, you know, doing work as soon as I'm able to do that. So, um, you know, so I'm fairly confident that book's going to get written as confident as I can be given the current situation. So. Um, it just makes more sense I think so 27th of July horrible cover there I'll get Sean Stevens to do me a decent one at some point so beware Sean the email is coming we'll get that cover designer we'll get it up we'll get a decent cover up there but at the moment it's got my horrible one on there but no one sees it so it really doesn't matter uh, in in my opinion so lots of um feels like I've got lots of non-fiction news for you at the moment rather than uh fiction news Um, I wanted to mention to you this week that I have finally got a Vellum affiliate link. Now, it was Tim Lewis who just dropped me a line. He'd been in London and just dropped me a line to say, did you know you can get Vellum affiliate links? And I kind of did. I, I knew that Joanna Penn had one, but I sort of assumed because they don't have an open program or you have to go hunting for it. I just assumed they gave it to sort of big people like Joanna Penn, that it was a on a, on a need to know kind of basis rather than having an open scheme. But Tim just dropped this note to me in Twitter. I said, right, I'm getting onto it straight away. So I went through the Vellum support desk and this was really funny. Uh, I think it was Brad, the guy who got back to me on the support desk. And I said, oh, you know, I'm always mentioning your software. I really like it. Um, Is it possible to get a Vellum affiliate link? And he said, yeah, you know, here's the link. This is how you sign up. And he said, "Uh, we often send people to your how to use Vellum on a PC tutorial. Um, You know, if they want to know how to use it on a PC. I thought, oh, fantastic. The makers of Vellum send their own customers to my how to use Vellum on a PC tutorial. And that set other... Cog's whirring because that needs updating that particular training and I know that loads of people look at me blimey that web page gets a lot of traffic and um, I've been really slack and the reason I've been slack and you know I know you can shout at me the reason I've been slack is I I used to or still on the web page how to use vellum on a pc I come up top of the search engines for how use if you do a search in google for use vellum on pc I come at the top of the search engines on my web page which was strategic on my point of view that's what I wanted because I was driving traffic for it. And by the way, I don't pay for that. I just use good search engine optimization principles to do that. And uh, I I often show my clients that page and explain how I've done it. And then um, that page has a video on where I show you how to do it. And then I used to have an upsell to a teachable course. And I just used to sell loads of those teachable courses. It wasn't very expensive. Um, But you know how much I hate doing um, support. And every now and then I'd get like a support ticket, and it would come in at a bad time. And I I just take the thing off teacher work because I hate doing support tickets. And um, and when uh, Brad said, "Well, we we send people your way," I said to him, "I, I probably ought to think about updating that stuff now." But you know that call sold itself. It was it was ridiculous. I, I'm number one in the search engines, you know, even above Joanna Penn, for goodness sake, um, in the search engines. I'm even above Vellum in the search engines for their own keyword um, and I'm above keyboards for it. So it's a really beautifully keyworded page. It has a free video on it, which is a little bit out of date. I've put a note on it to say it's out of date. And I stopped selling the Teachable course. And, you know, if I had any sense, I would just do it again, wouldn't I? I know I would. Um, maybe I will. I, I know I ought to. I know you're shouting at me now saying, Paul, for goodness sake, you know, do it. So I... It did make me think I ought to do that. And particularly now as I've got a Vellum affiliate link, it makes all the sense in the world because I can make 20% off a, a, a Vellum sale. And Vellum's about 200 quid. So 20 percent's worth having as an affiliate sale. So, you know, I'm talking myself into it. So I'm going to put that, I'm kind of developing a list of things that I could do. Now I've got more time again. And I was thinking, you know, I did all that work for that. It only needs a little bit of refreshing. I maybe ought to do that. I've got a lovely sales page for it. It used to sell, you know, all the web traffic's still there. I'm just not doing anything with it. So, you know, maybe that's another thing that's coming up. I'll I'll, I'll let you know. This will make you laugh. Um, I got the letter from the BBC pension scheme this week, you know, saying that the pension's getting paid in later in the month. And I have joined the BBC Pensioners Association. Does, doesn't that make you feel old? Okay, but the BBC, let me tell you, the BBC's brilliant. When I left the BBC... I am a BBC alumni member, so because I worked for the BBC in the past, they're 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 really good with their staff, the BBC, and uh, I'm a BBC alumni member, which means they keep in touch with me. I get uh, emails. We have a little kind of online magazine, and every so often they have competitions, and I can I'm constantly putting in for competitions to go and see shows being recorded in London because they always keep a couple of tickets back for alumni members. So that's been fantastic. So whenever I can coordinate a trip to London with a couple of tickets to go and see a show. I do that and it's fantastic. But um, now I'm in the BBC Pensioners Association. It's like being a member of staff again because you get all sorts of, you know, BBC, you get access to the BBC staff offers. And of course, you get access to all these fabulous behind the scenes kind of things that you could do at the BBC. So I thought, right, I'm having that. I'm going to become a BBC Pensioner uh, and, and, and join the association. So I've joined the, I am now an alumni member and I'm a member of the BBC Pensioners Association, which does sound really old. But, um, of course, it also has all the former employees on it. But, you know, they're really good to be by that stuff. They're very good for sort of supporting um, previous staff members and making you feel still feel like you are a member of the corporation, or you're a valued member of the corporation. And a lot of my BBC pals who still work for the corporation, they'll be joining me in there sooner or later. You know, it might become an old boys club shortly. I should say an old boys and girls club, because, of course, I also know women who are retiring in the BBC. But um, they have like, a, you know, a they have a constitution, and a, not a board, what's it called? A committee. And I'm recognising people on the committee. There's a cameraman who I used to work with when I was at Radio Umberside. Uh, he's now on the committee. And I'm thinking, oh, this will become like a little club this will of former BBC members. So anyhow, that's just a little sort of sideline. But I thought you might be amused by that, that I'm now a member of a BBC Pensioners Association. Made my mum laugh when I told her uh, this week. So it just feels bizarre talking about pension things. But I have, I have really enjoyed this uh, first week off and it's given me a glimpse into how things will be. Cause I, I went back to salaried work 3.5 years ago. It just, it was just a kind of culmination of, of things where we needed to be. I had, I had a lot of changes going on with children going to university and things like that. And I just thought, you know, it, I, and I was, I wasn't making any money from my writing at that time. And I just thought, you know, it, it's just a better thing to do to go back to salaried work at that time because it was offered to me. And they offered me full time. I said, "I don't want to do full time." They let me do part time. I had I had three job offers on at the time. Um, I had three job offers on, and and two of them, uh, I was like literally saying, "Look, I don't want to do five days." And, they, and, they, and I had a somebody upped the salary. Well, I said, I, I, I said, I want, I don't want to, I got a salary for five days. I said, "I don't want to do five days. I want to do three days." They say, "Okay, you can do three days." And when I told the other person I wanted to do three days, they upped the salary to try and get me on three days. Listen, they said, "Look, you do whatever you want." Well, I I didn't go. I didn't end up working for them. Um, I went. I ended up working for the other because it was the better bet for me. But um, you know, I didn't. I just really had to do it at that time because those offers were on the table. Uh, But I am very pleased now not to be doing it, and life has changed again. Of course, now. Um, You know, it goes through these cyclic stages, doesn't it? But, you know, it's been a lovely week. I've just got so many things there. If you look, you can see my list of all the things I've got done this week. Just small jobs that don't normally get done when you're you're at work. It's been brilliant knocking all these things off. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, we went to the cinema on Tuesday. The cinema was empty, so it was coronavirus friendly. There was no one within a a two metre radius of us because the cinema's so quiet during the daytime in Carlisle. We went to see The Invisible Man, by the way, which is a brilliant thing thriller I loved the way they did it and I love the way they explained the invisibility there was none of the old bandages nonsense you know it was um he did it with a you know it was like an illusion of light it was like you know good science fiction the way that they created the invisibility it was the way you would have to create invisibility uh, if you did it it would be effectively an optical illusion an illusion of light and um, so so it was great it was really tense it was such a good film so I enjoyed the invisible man as well I've done a couple of runs this week at the Nature Reserve, which has been lovely. And I've basically just looked at the weather forecast and I've gone on on runs on the days where where the Met Office tells me it's not going to be raining. So I've had some nice runs this week as well in good weather. And I've taken a couple of clients. I've got a load of my work done this week too. So, you know, I'm really liking this, (laughs) really, really liking it. Um, As you can tell, I'm very enthusiastic about it. I finished off Sandra Girth's Show Don't Tell book this week, I, I want to recommend Sandra's books. So it's Sandra Girth, G E R T H, Girth. Not it's not with an I; it's with an E. And that book is Show Don't Tell. And there's another one about. Just excuse me, I'm just going to zip across the room so I can read the title. It is Point of View. The other one's called Point of View. Uh, so they were brilliant books. Really simple. Um, you know, nothing too posh, nothing too kind of intellectual, just lots of user-friendly stuff. Um, really recommend those two books, Show Don't Tell and Point of View by Sandra Gerth. She's done another couple, um, one on time management. I can't remember what the other one is. I didn't, they're not in, of interest to me, but those two were brilliant and I got the paperbacks and they're full of scribbles now. And um, interestingly, with all this, uh, going on with the nonfiction, I dug out my ISBNs this week. Because I wanted, I'm also looking at reviving my old non-fiction. So my old non-fiction is out of date, but I, when we did the changes from CreateSpace, I, I, I think I brought some of the books over. I've been in contact with KDP this week, actually, just to say, can we bring the last of those books over that I didn't migrate? I just thought to myself, you know, although I'm not going to refresh those books because they were done with with images and things, there is still a load of content in those books that's completely relevant. So I might as well sell them, as I have been doing with the WordPress and the MailChimp book. I will flag up that they're old editions. You know, I won't imply that they're new editions. But the thing with other booksellers is, is they don't, you know, they don't like for dummies books. You've got for dummies books there that go back years and they're out of date, but you could still buy them. And in actual fact, you'd still get loads of great information from them, even though some of it would be out of date. So I'm just looking at doing that as well, just bringing in all my old titles. The other reason for it is I did all that work and i kind of want to claim it under my author name because i did um in my first phase of non fiction i did seven non fiction books and then i took them all off as they became uh out, let's say out of date but there's loads of good information in there so i've been flicking through them and thinking this is great information in here you would know, still get value if you bought those books even though the the images would be out of date um traditional publishers wouldn't do that they would just release new editions of them or they'd just you know keep the old ones up for sale they don't take them off the shelves until they've sold out and so that would give me, um, it would give me the seven old books that I've done. It would give me, and then it would give me, what, the six new ones I'm going to do. It give be quite a stack of of non-fiction as well. So we're quite keen to re- reclaim those. So I was bringing together my kind of checking my Nielsen ISBNs this week because I assigned ISBNs to some of those books. I was contacting... Uh, KDP asking them to bring any books over that I hadn't brought over. And this is what I call a chugging job. It's not an important job, but it is a job that when I've got some time, I will sit down and I will, I will migrate those books over. I've got all the files that are all sat on a backup hard drive. Everything's there. It's not going to take me very long to do it. I paid for covers for those books. So it's, it's not, vanity's not the right word. I just really want to claim those books in my kind of non fiction history because that lovely row of books will look fantastic. And I did do the work on them. Um, and that's what you would do in a traditional environment. Um, the other reason I wanted to get the Nielsen ISBNs out, by the way, was that um, I'm going to be listing eventually Walker Bay or John Ingram, Spark, um, so that those paperbacks, you know, are available. So. Um, I need to have proper ISBNs for that. Now I, I buy my ISBNs and I, I've actually been working with a client this week uh, who I was talking to about this. When you go onto the Nielsen site and buy ISBNs, you can either buy one ISBN for something like 60 quid or you could buy 10 ISBNs for something like hundred and something pound. So I've always bought mine in batches of 10s. I've actually, and I've still got quite a lot spare actually. So um, it was very easy for me to find those ISBNs and to assign them. And I will probably, when I, when I list my podcast, Book. I intend to list that wide because I'm getting a proper cover done for it. I will list that probably on Ingram Spark as well, um, so that it goes through all the book channels. Um, So again, you know, things that I haven't done for a while, I'm looking at doing here uh, with these with these books. But you know, I got proper covers done. For the Walker Bay trilogy. I have got proper covers done for the Don't Tell Meg trilogy as well. So they'll probably get relisted again at some point. I just, these are all these jobs, these little jobs, they don't take forever, but this is what's suffered basically while I've been doing salaried work. And I'm now seeing now I can come back to all of these things that I got going in the past and just level them all up. I'm really looking forward to doing that. Another thing that I've been doing this week is that I've been reviewing my Mailer emails. So again, I've been terrible with email marketing. Do you know, I let my my monthly emails lapse?d I had such a good habit going with that. I, I want to pick that up again at some point. I'm not quite sure when I'll do it, um, but I need to get my monthly emails going again. But I also needed to review my email automation sequences because I've written loads of books since they were last written. So I went into MailerLite and I did some. Triage on Mailerlite. So all I've done is I've gone through my. I've got different lists in there. I've got a list for my thrillers. I've got a list for my uh, sci-fi, and I've created a list. What instigated this is when I was doing those pages with the starter podcast web link links in. I thought, oh, I need, if I've got this web page before I share it with you lot, you're all going to tell me I ought to be collecting email addresses. So I, I know that, I know, I know. So I thought, well, I better do that work so I don't get a load of emails from people saying, you ought to be collecting email addresses on there. I know, I know you ought to. So I, I did that. You'll see that when you go to that page, I am collecting email addresses, but that meant I needed to set up a basic sequence in MailerLite so you, you at least get a welcome email when you register for that. So when I was in MailerLite, I basically just went through the emails I've got for thrillers, nonfiction, and... Uh, sci-fi made sure they were up to date and current and got rid of the ones that weren't um so it was that was a quick fix but what i want to do now is to come back um to to mailer lights and i want to do a proper job now i've got loads of different titles in my thriller series and you know i want to just promote everything um in my in my automation sequences so i i when i get the automation sequences sorted i'll probably start doing the monthly um all points, all three emails to everybody. But the other thing, I'm thinking also a lot about the future of the podcast and what I want to do with the podcast. And something I stopped doing with that a long time ago is I stopped building an email list off the podcast. I just I just had no time and no inclination to do anything in nonfiction. But again, it makes all the sense in the world to be building a list through the podcast again because you know, who can I flog my podcast book to but people who listen to the podcast. So I'm, I'm just coming back to all these things. So many things. I hadn't realized how many things I, I just had to set aside while I was back doing salaried work. And I'm coming back to these again now with renewed enthusiasm you're wanting to get all this right because actually when I went back to salaried work three 3 4 years ago i didn't really have an author business i was i was trying to get it going i was working at it um you know you know just just trying to get it off the ground and now i i have got an author business and i i feel like i know a lot more tricks and i'm ready to come back to all of this again and to do it properly not not half-heartedly as it has been done for the last couple of years you know i'm ready to ramp all this up again because i've got the time and the inclination to do it so i'm feeling quite excited about that it has been very uh, reinvigorating uh, this week so there you go that is my author diary for this week we're running at nearly an hour lots getting done uh, you know in spite of all the kind of changes around us in the world at the moment they're all very worrying but it is one of the great things about the work that we do that all we need is a desk and a computer and we could be productive and I'm that's how I'm viewing this you know even if I have to go into a quarantine period if somebody in the family's ill you know or I'm ill at least because of the work I do I'm not digging up roads or anything like that I I don't I'm not don't need to be sort of physically fit um I could be productive even if I'm sort of poorly and out of things for a while so that's how I'm viewing this um, at the moment so that is it for this week's podcast diary thank you very much for listening I hope you found that very informative and I will have another diary update for you next Saturday I'll let you know what I've been up to then in the meantime have a fantastic week of writing bye-bye for now Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.